You're listening to Music Mythology. My name is Sam Romo, and let's talk about some music. I do that let me and nothing worse than like sitting down for an hour and then realizing that realizing the nothing, was, on. nothing yeah. was on that's true well i've been i've been doing this it'll be a year on the 16th oh nice of the show yeah so i've gotten a couple of those out of the way you know yeah. there's the, i already have the voice in the back of my head that's like right. you know remember that one time you're not going to do that again yeah you, you embarrass yourself in front of so and so don't right. do that again right and it's just those those lesson blocks that build the, right. the wall of knowledge <laughs> i think that's the same in everything every profession yeah. yeah you just you get more efficient you get better yeah everything's but, a practice yeah get used to being bad yeah just i mean, we've, we've all been there it's true but <laughs> Well, I, I never know how to take it when someone's like, man, you're so much better than you were like five years ago. Like, mm, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so, but also you thought I was bad? Let's <laughs> say, like, oh, okay, now yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, right. But, uh, but at least you're good now. So yeah, there's exactly. that. They offset it. Anyways, speaking of where you've been, so mm-hmm. tell me about yourself. What, how, how did you become a musician? Or what? What was your first like music memory? You know, do you come from a music family? Kind of, but not really. My dad recorded like an EP in our living room mm. when, um, man, how old was I? Um, I think I was like sixteen mm. and fifteen, probably fifteen. And but before that, his guitar, his only guitar was in the attic for 20 years. Oh. So um, I'm not sure what possessed him to bring it back down and start playing again or much less write and record. But Hmm. um, I just remember hearing that EP and being like, this is is pretty good, most of it. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) I was like, man, if he can do it, I can do it. Mm. And... um, I just, I think that's kind of what got me going. Really? But, um. That's interesting. Yeah. To come out of. Yeah. I mean. Did you, did you ever talk about it? No. It just. Just kind of happened? Kind of. It was very random, but. I wonder if he he, was sitting on something or. I don't know. I I think he was just going through something. Mm. Um, him and my mom divorced a couple years after that. So, and he hasn't really done anything musically since. So. Mm. Maybe that was just an outlet for him, but um, it's true. He showed me G, C, and D, and um, I was like, you know, I, obviously there's more to music than that. So I would, yeah. I would get to, you know, a question and be like, Hey, Dad, how do I, like, why, why is this guy playing an A minor in the song? Mm. It's like, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know what that means. Mm. He would actually tell me to use the force. <laughs> so she's the force to figure it out yeah You'll so i just kind of started learning on my own and started writing songs and i mean it was just kind of for me an outlet too and yeah really didn't think i where i came from and what i grew up seeing making a living out of music was just not uh, like an idea mm. or plausible yeah in my head so like not a real option yeah i was yeah. told to be a professional baseball player or an huh. engineer or something you know so anyway just kind of took off and uh snowballed i guess is the best way to mm. describe it well and you've kept at it that's kind of the yeah of the main I parts mean, <laughs> yeah it's always been an outlet and I mean, you're kind of talking to somebody, but not mm. in a way. So, you know, who are you more comfortable talking to than yourself, you know? It's true. So, yeah. just kind of took off from, I guess you just kind of, I mean, there's been a lot of bad songs written on my end, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all part of that practice. Yeah, it's, it's like just how it goes, I guess. You yeah, know? that's true. But, I mean, yeah. So, where where... Where are you from? Where Where did you? Did, so grew you grew up in a rodeo town called Mesquite. 
<laughs> yeah, good old mesquite. Good old mesquite. Back when it was um, kind of a cowboy boot, cowboy hat mm. kind of town. And um, so my my grandfather had a farm that I would work on during the summers. So I grew up a, around a lot of different country music. Mm. Um, anything from what was on the radio to uh, Jerry Jeff Walker and stuff like that. Um, my first like real love for songwriting came from uh, Guy Clark and mm. Steve Earle and Towns Van Zandt, kind of these Texas folk country. Yeah. And I'd never heard anything like that in my life. Mm. So kind of just upset. I was obsessed. Yeah. But I was also obsessed with John Lee Hooker and mm. Muddy Waters and the Delta and all that stuff. So I think that you could probably hear that. Those two worlds. Yeah, colliding. Colliding. Yeah. But like Americana, Americana country rock. Rock, blues. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. even know what to call it. <laughs> Well, that's just music. It's just, yeah, it's, it's just, just good music. music. <laughs> Melting pot, I guess. But. Who uh, do you have anyone that you consider, you know, like a, a musical inspiration? Like anyone that just kind of stands out to you, or when you were younger, learning the trade or cutting your teeth, that you, you know, kind of kept as your north star. Um, I, I go through phases. Mm. So when when I was a kid, it was it was Steve Earle. Mm. I mean, that was just. I was obsessed with, I read his books. I don't even read books. I read his book. Um, I was obsessed with his story. I thought his story was insane, mm. crazy. Um, couldn't imagine doing heroin for 25 years and all the people that he affected by that and then getting thrown in jail and mm. coming out clean. And but um, So I went through that phase for a long time. Um, I went through... Uh, like a huge like Tom Petty phase. Mm. I'm, I don't think I'll ever get out of that phase. No, I think um, there's always time for a TP and the HBs. Man. Yeah, <laughs> he's to me. He's just like he did. I say he did no wrong. He had like one album that I think he he regretted even. But mm. um, but right now I'm in like a really big. Um, Southern rock phase, um, Skinnerd, and um, there's a, a current band out of Georgia mm. um, called Blackberry Smoke. They've been around a while, but oh, I haven't heard of them. They've been around, I think, 20 years. Okay, um, I'm gonna check them out. Yeah, they're great, and they just keep getting better. Which mm. you know, it's like when you discover a band, and it's like I love this album, and then you go listen to another album, and you're like, this is good, and then. <laughs> The other album's good, and then the other album's good. So um, that's where I'm at now. Is very our shows have gotten a lot louder because. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's where I'm at right now. But okay, I, I don't. I don't think I ever stay on one person. Mm. I think you get stale or bored, or you know, you seek out alternatives. Alternatives. Yeah. yeah that well, kind speaking of, of that, has there ever been someone that you? Given the sounds that we've described, is there anyone outside of those lanes that you, you know, really either lean into just as a listener, not particularly, you know, like to use as a musician, you know, like tool? An, yeah. yeah um, I'm just always curious if people are like, like, yeah, I, I, I only listen to like, you know, like jam bands. Like I only listen to like oh, fish and stuff. But then they're like, but I love Tony Williams. Like Tony Williams, I know his whole catalog. He's the best jazz drummer ever. It's like, you know, anything like that. Like, I get, I think I lean more towards the singer-songwriter. Mm. I'm a very big lyrics okay. person. I think those, because for me, that's that's what you go to first, mm. for me at least, 90% sure. of the time. So um, I, I like listening to, to like Jason Isbell every, every now and then or... Um, I'm drawing a blank right now, but Hayes Carl, I love listening to Hayes. Yeah. Um, just lyrics that make me think outside the box. Like the Feel first it. time I saw Jason Isbell's 
if we were vampires, the title, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, God, here we go. Another vampire thing. Because for a while there, the vampires were everywhere. They were in the yeah. movies and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, here we go again. And But I listened to it, and I was like, I would have never thought of that. That's mm. almost genius. To, yeah. You know? So I think I, like, I love listening to John Prine. Mm. Like, the humor, witty, folk. Yeah. Clever storytelling stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, whether it's, to me, whether it's, you know, Skinner or John Prine, they're all telling a story. And, you know, folk singers tell stories better than anybody. That's why they don't need all the instrumentation and, Mm. you know. So Mm. I think that's where, I guess if I had a North Star, that's probably where I'd be. Like lyricism is your main thing? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Everyone, like, you know, sees and uses and respects music in their own right. 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 And nothing's wrong with any of that. Yeah, no. At all. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, exactly. That's what's so magical. Yeah. Like, because, like, me and my wife have talked about that, like, um, it could be, like, wait, like, not waiting music, but, like, background music from, like, a, a menu on the, the TV, like, like a PlayStation or whatever. Some music is playing, and she'll start humming it, and she'll, and, or she'll play it. She's like, you, you remember that one song? And she'll start singing it. I'm like, I don't remember that. I don't remember that part of the song. Because she always goes for, like, the higher, like, notes, parts yeah, of the register of the song. Yeah, higher register, yeah. And then, and then I'm like, doesn't that go da-dun-da-dun-da-dun-da? She's like, that's not in that song. I'm like, yes, it is. And then we play it, and then both parts are in. I'm like, wow. We're talking about the same damn song. That's yeah. crazy. Or, or like, but yeah, but I mean, lyricism is, is, it's just so interesting. Because like, yeah, if I'm talking to like a, a jazz artist, that might be a little bit on the back burner maybe. Yeah. Um, but I mean, everyone loves and respects great lyrics, but you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. some people just like, they, they're going to they make sure that those, those instruments are tight or, or, or right. like super hyper complex or whatever. Everyone's a little different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, in the van, we just all argue with each other for hours it's just because me and uh, over lyrics over artists and music (laughs) and because like me and me and our bass player are both big bob dylan fans Mm. and our guitar player is like zz top fan Mm. like but if you listen to zz their music's great but it's not lyric driven it's more guitar driven yeah and dylan is all lyrics and so yeah or it's like they want a big sound with like a strong rhythmic section that's right. just like cutting through the whole time. Yeah, yeah. just dun, 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 you know a lot of crunch and yeah. So it's just it's funny. Everyone, you know, picks up on Something different things. Different. You know, yeah. but that's the music. beauty of it. Yeah, that's right. It's whatever it does to you, it's multifaceted, right, and extremely diverse. Right, oh my goodness. <laughs> right, I know. So I like I never ask if someone, or never want to answer if someone's like, "What is this song about that you wrote?" Like, I don't know. What does it mean to you? Mm. That's all that matters. That's all that should matter. Yeah, but that's true. Yeah, it's like we, me, and uh, well, musicians and friends of mine, we'll we'll do album reviews and go like track by track and and yeah. uh, try and keep it, you know conversational so it's not just like right. and then this person with this and that you know but it's really interesting when you start to digest it in a different way yeah and really have to explain the song like back yep and then especially when you have a counter person they'll be like oh i never even considered that perspective of that i always thought that was him just talking about handing you something you know just something, yeah. something so simple but that's i don't know that's that's what's so cool about uh, the, the age we're in right now is the the media isn't just what eight different companies are sending out and we all it's pop and it's super clean there's no blurred lines it just is what it is it's to a four over four beat it's just yeah. simple now it's you can make your own stuff you can make your own commentary about someone who made their own stuff replicating someone else you know and then yeah. do your own thing um it's just it, it's it's I, I'm just very I don't know where I'm going with this, but honestly, I'm just it's an open tangent of just appreciation of uh, just I don't know to be like what you're saying right now that musicians can get in a room and and all learn the same song, all respect a, a genre and all these different people, but then when you tell them to explain themselves about where they come from or what you know what that means to them or whatever, it could you could get. It's like it's like a, a what's the par the, the 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 parable? It's like a, a bunch of blind men describing an elephant to you. It's because yeah. you, know, you grab a different part, you sound like a totally different beast, you right. know. 
And so as long, and that's what's so cool about, um, I mean, I guess like my job here or whatever, but, or just interacting with musicians, other musicians, is you, you've spent years studying and practicing and like we were talking about, messing up and learning different things. And, and now you have all these different perspectives built up over time. And now when you come to a, a head of a conversation, it's like now you can address it in so many different complex ways, if you want to. If you want to, yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Is, and the, the, the good side of where we are today, I think, in social media is everyone has a voice. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, whether it's me and you or um, Apple or Facebook or CNN or whoever, no matter how small you are or how big you are, we're all using the same platform and kind of, I, in my opinion, evens the playing field a little bit. Yeah, but now they might have a billion dollars in ad revenue. Right, but right. Hey, yeah, I got grassroots. The I bad news is, is everybody has a voice now. Right. <laughs> so exactly. it's like, I anyway, that's a whole nother conversation. But <laughs> well, but that's what I don't know. If anything, it's putting the the method to work that you should you should be already using, like as a discipline, as a musician. Is yeah. you you know you need to connect. You can't just do it all on your own. I mean, no musician has really done that. Now, there's no one that right. does. You have to connect. You have to have, have community. I mean, that's something we always talk about on this show. Is like that. That's what keeps you invested. That's what keeps you coming back as as well. It's not just ego saying like I got this. I just didn't do it today. It's yeah. it's that you see your brother do it. You see. Or you see your, your immediate competition and 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 see understand it in a healthy way that it's pushing you, you know, because we're momentum yeah. machines. We have to we have to try, we have to do, and then we keep moving forward as long as we keep adding something for you know in front of us to do. Yeah. Um but yeah, it doesn't mean it's gonna be easy, but I mean it it it's all about learning and adjusting and and also not not just thinking about what you want and thinking about what what plays with other people and what, what emotions and stuff you're trying to get out of people. Because I don't know, sometimes I feel like when you're, especially in these last like year and a half, when there's been less interactions and a lot of time, or at least, you know, especially like last year, or just a lot of time to yourself. I don't know. You might've worked on a lot of things. You might not have been as social. And then when you let it out, it, it, who knows what it is. Yeah. You're still working on it. And right. it, I don't know, that, that'll always be the problem of a creative person or articulate person if they're not, um, you know, to a, a certain uh, level of proficiency or whatever. Yeah. It's just lacking a, an edge of quality or, or a certain dynamic. But at least you're trying. I mean, that's the whole whole part of it. I mean, there's some people that, you know, have a huge success in music just because they had a huge uh, a, a, huge or mild success like on TikTok with comedy videos you know yeah and then they're like oh let me put my soundcloud in my uh TikTok videos and then now all my fifty thousand followers are listening to me it's like yeah 10 years ago it's like that that you couldn't really do that like i mean you, you could but it's, or, or like 15 years ago you know yeah it's just getting easier and easier as long as you're being clever and careful and yeah i agree there's a lot of different ways now Whereas before, you know, it was all radio. Yeah. For us, you know, it was get your song on the radio and you're fine. Yeah. But now, like the the band I was telling you about from Georgia, mm. I listened to an interview like this um, from their front man and they don't even do radio. Mm. And, you know, they're selling out theaters all over the world. I mean, they did a sellout tour and south america they did one in oh wow the uk you know it's wow it's it's crazy like because from our perspective as an independent artist it's like you know you have a very limited amount of money to promote yourself and putting that money to its best use is a very difficult decision to make very so intense <laughs> you know it's like do you want to be on a chart put money here you know yeah your song on the radio you put your money here but it's uh or take out a lot of money on tiktok yeah exactly ads and yeah. facebook ads and promote the hell out of it just promote the hell out of it that way but 
I don't know. I don't have the answers. I'm not. <laughs> I don't ever want to be good in that area. <laughs> that is a job I do not aspire to <laughs> at all. Modern marketing. Oh, I cannot do it. <laughs> it makes my head hurt just thinking about it. But it is intense. It is a lot. I'll just I'll write the songs and <laughs> you get it out. You Someone it else out can there. get it out there <laughs> the best way they can, I guess. But <laughs> well, speaking of your songs, uh, tell me about your your album. Um, well, we just recorded one. Is that yeah. the one you're talking about? Well, uh, I mean, I guess it's a two part question. Tell me about the upcoming one, and tell me about uh, you know your making your first first one. one? Yeah. Um, the first one was kind of um, kind of a solo project, if you will. I didn't really have a set band at the time. Mm. It was just kind of hired guns here and there. Um, so I recorded that one. Kind of funny story. Um, first concert I ever went to was in August. Let's see if I can get this right. August of 2009. Mm. Um my dad took me to see um, a band from Austin called the Band of Heathens mm. at the House of Blues over here in Dallas. And um, 10 years later, almost to the date, August of 2019, I released my first album and the Band of Heathens were my band on that album. Oh, wow. So it was kind of a full circle. Yeah, it was, it was a cool experience. Learned a lot. Um, Got to record in their studio down in Austin. Nice. Yeah, it was uh, it was fun. But um, I've never wanted to be just like a solo guy. Mm. Um, I've always wanted to have a band, and you know, I want people to listen to us on record, and then come out to the show and and see us and us sound like the record, and yeah, just some consistency there. Um, so recently this year, we tracked 10 songs, um, in the studio. Some of those songs are from the solo project and some of them are just totally brand new. Okay. Um, but we did it all here in Dallas. Um, so it was fun and comfortable, you know, it's your home. So yeah, what better place to do something like that? Um, it's in the mixing phase right now. Um, we've did we've done one music video for it, um, which looks really cool. Doesn't sound really cool because the song's not done yet. But uh, <laughs> um, and then I think we're gonna do one more music video. There's a song on there, um, that's kind of like a love song duet mm. sort of thing. And we okay. had um, the beautiful and talented Frankie Leone from Dallas, Texas, mm. sing on that. So I think. We're gonna try to get her in on a music video. Awesome. Yeah. Um, it's funny because it's like a full band. Like some of the songs are just like really like on level ten, and then my favorite <laughs> one is just like really quiet, like love song. Me and another female artist. So um, we're really excited about it. I don't know when it's coming out. That's the going back to the business. It's just we're gonna shop it around and mm. see if we can't get picked up before. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Work we, it till it's right. Yeah, I did the I did the whole independent thing mm. round one and like I said, I just that is a world it's I a don't lot. want to understand. Um <laughs> yeah. I you want your job. Yeah. I <laughs> not tin hats. I, yeah. <laughs> Henry Ford, uh we're on the Henry Ford model. Uh, I do this, you do this, you do this. There's the finish line. <laughs> ah, assembly so, line. <laughs> yeah, do assembly it. line, yeah. <laughs> so, but we're, I'm really excited. Um, the first album, I was just kind of new to the whole process, so mm. kind of overwhelmed, to be honest. But this time around, you know, it, it was it was nice to go in there and be like, I want this, 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 mm, you know. Yeah. And one song we wrote on spot. I mean, I had the lyrics, and I was like, I have no idea how I want this to go. Mm. But, and then someone, you know, it, to me, that was the best part was writing as a band and everyone yeah. contributing their ideas. And because we, we, uh, <laughs> we hired a, t a team 
um, Cal Quinn and Ali Faye out of Nashville to come in. We flew them in to do our music video. Mm. But we had no idea what song we were going to do a music video to. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we get, we're like day, last day in the studio. And I was like, all right, I have this song. And we wrote it. And everyone was like, that's it. That's the song we're doing the music video for. And I was like, really? <laughs> Easier. <laughs> just, so wrapping my head around how this song goes. But uh, it turned out great. Um, awesome. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a song called uh, Burn These Bridges, which is about mm. how me and my soon-to-be wife, or future wife, I should say, not even engaged, but um, got together. And it's got some, it's the only song with profanity in there. So it's got, there's a music video for it and there's going to be promotion behind it. And so I told her, I was like, Hey, uh, can you like warn your parents that this is going to be out in the world? (laughs) She's like, yeah, I'll tell them. Disclaimer, please. Yeah. Disclaimer (laughs) this, please. Either that or we need to hide this from them somehow. But, uh, (laughs) no, they're cool. But, uh. That's awesome. Do y'all have a title for the album yet? I've, I, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to name it after the single, but mm. um, our band is just the most opinionated band of all time, which I've always wanted. I, I hated working with people that were like, hey, man, it's your project. You do it. Yeah. You know, you've, whatever you want. And I'm yeah. like, no, like, I'm asking y'all. For your opinion, yeah. what do you think? So, I mean, I think if it was up to me, we would name it Burn These Bridges, but we may let someone else, you know, whoever marketing guru we find say, you know, name it this and you'll be good. But mm. who knows? Yeah. But well, it sounds like it's going to be a piece of work that represents y'all, though. And yeah. it'll be a cultural collaboration. Yeah. <laughs> well, so originally, there's a song on there called Your Mama Don't Like Me. And I really <laughs> wanted to name it after that. But uh, speaking of opinionated band members, they were like, no, don't do that. Please don't do that. Please don't. Like, All right. <laughs> Whatever. Fine. But uh, anyway. well, I'm looking forward to hearing it. Yeah, man. I'll send it to you um, once it's done, before it's out. And cool. You can- do whatever you want with it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. But uh so anything on the horizon? Any uh I, mean, I know you're that's in the mix. Um any upcoming shows? We're doing a um like Texas, Oklahoma tour mm. uh in January and February. Awesome. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Um we um we're really hoping to get the album done by the end of the year and we want it to be released next year, so mm. um, we'll be working on that. Um, been honestly been writing a lot lately for some reason. I don't know if it's the weather or what, but something struck you. Yeah, so we may be in the studio again doing a couple of singles. Cool, um, good stuff. Yeah, I loved your yeah. uh, Deep Ellen Blues classic. Yeah, we. Um, that's like my. Like one of those songs, I, I was gonna say it's my favorite, but I don't know if it's my favorite. Um, it's just like one of those songs where like I can't not pick up a guitar and start playing it. Mm. And so finally, I was like, "Can we just record this and <laughs> get it out there?" And it's like your go-to warm-up, your go-to. Everything. Yeah, it's yeah. just like that intro is just so fun to play for me for yeah. some reason. But yeah, well, and I feel like a lot of people, especially guitarists, have that niche like thing. yeah because like like with me I, mean, I play like i mainly play guitar and drums um, oh yeah mine is modern times by the black keys just, oh man it's just i just classic. watched a the joe rogan episode of them oh, with both of them yes. that's one of my favorite ones like that is my favorite one that was very i was like happy that someone that big was was, was railing on the industry the way yes, they were yeah like, Thank especially, you. Especially Patrick Carney. Right. Carney went in. Yeah. He, like, <laughs> no filter. He's like, kick this shit off. Yeah. Like, I'm about to go crazy. <laughs> the other, I can't remember his name, but the other guy didn't even like really talk. Yeah. Arbach is just like, Arbach, you know, yeah. You know, he knows. 
He, yeah. he runs. He's like, well, he even says like, hey, man, this go shoot yourself in the foot. <laughs> <laughs> well, he I mean, he admits it. Yeah, like he says, like he's yeah, he, he's like the tour comedian. He's the talker, and then he he goes after he. I mean, he he even throws out the labels like Warner Brothers is like done me wrong. I've given them two albums. They're just holding on to it. Like he doesn't care. He's just like whatever, man. But because well, he's done it, you know, he's yeah. achieved like all the things he wanted to do. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite stories of theirs from that podcast is the was part where Spotify. Well, that's okay. Yeah. But I no, was gonna say that, <laughs> but no, my my favorite part. Well, it's because like I gr- I grew up around. Uh, well, my dad loved Neil Young, so um, yeah. my favorite part is when they get their first Grammy. And, oh yeah, and it's technically their uh, Carney's brother that gets the Grammy for the album album artwork. And then they do the next category, which is like best singer songwriter song, and then yeah. Neil Young wins. Yeah. And then they do best like alternative album or whatever, and then they win. Yeah. And he's like, so. And then and then they announced that that was Neil Young's first Grammy ever, and they're like, so you mean, not only did we get a Grammy before Neil Young, but then on the same night we got more Grammys than Neil Young has. Wow. He's like, I don't think we should go back to the Grammys. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's crazy. Isn't that crazy? It's, it's like. It's, how does Neil Young not have a Grammy? Yeah, like how did Harvest not win something? It makes you question everything. The Grammys, <laughs> like, well, like they, because then I think that's when he kind of goes on a tear about that stuff. That they were they were saying yes to everything. Because I mean, why wouldn't you when you're on the you know yeah. explosive come up? And so they're doing you know MTV or right. music awards and whatever. And he was just like, yeah, every time we, or like the, the Spike whatever awards and. He's like, every time we did one, I just never want to do one again. And he's like, but we did it. So I did it so we could say we could do it. Yeah. You know? But he's just like always, he's like, but, but we beat Neil Young. Like he was just like blown away. And like, that's my yeah. favorite part. I'm like, yeah, what the hell? Like, what is going on? I mean, on? but that, that's always been my argument with people, especially with like mainstream music. Is mm. like, why do people consume such awful music? Like really, you you heard this song and thought, this is a great song. Like my seven year old could have wrote that song. <laughs> like, it just blows my mind. And then when I when I bring up that argument to people, they're like, well, look how many records he sold, or look how many awards he won. It's like, so like, the whole industry is based off of money, like and marketing. Yeah. My money, but you know, like very, 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 very few people have just naturally, naturally, or organically gone from zero to a hundred. Yeah. I mean, I think not that I look up to this person, but I respect this person, Post Malone, because mm. he kind of just accidentally went big. I mean, he, he didn't get from here to here through yeah. his what, what was it like a band camp the soundcloud soundcloud I think, yeah. thing i mean it just kind of happened a, just caught a wave it just caught a wave you know yeah. but i mean not my kind of music but hey like fucking get it you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah go for it man. at least you didn't have a million dollars in marketing to go from nothing to here and it's like i think it was uh ariana grande a year or two ago was breaking all these beatles records mm. radio records i'm like yeah but the beatles did it when djs could play whatever they wanted and the people demanded the beatles be played like, you know they were calling into stations and now it's yeah. like and there's like half the it's population pay to play now you know like that's why that band i'm telling you from georgia mm. they wrote a country song about cheating Mm. on their one of their records the the first record they did they tried to do radio promotion on mm. and um long story short the the radio promoter asked the band like what what song do you think is best for radio and they mm. said well this country song about cheating we think you know is best and the radio promoter i shit you not told him that will never work on country radio he's like you're meaning to tell me a country song about cheating won't work on country radio <laughs> And he was like, from then on out, we were just like, we're not doing this. I mm. mean, we'll just do it the hard way, you know, like mm. just go out. Grassroots. And, yeah. Just, just let the people support impress you. Impress people. And those people will tell other people. And next time we come back through this town, we'll have more people show up. And Yeah. So, mm. I mean, I think if I had to go a route, that would probably be my route. Yeah. You know, I 
it's not to say that every big song is garbage, but yeah. you yeah. know, it's today. It's, I just feel like it's um, it's just not as authentic. Yeah, you know, like these radio charts and who listens to the radio anymore? You know what I mean? Like this person got this many spins. Okay. Except for KXT. I will love KXT. Yeah. I'm sad. Uh, Amy Miller's not there anymore. Yeah, that's crazy. She's still yeah. popping in every now and then, but yeah, she, that's crazy. Yeah. She gave us, or she gave me, I guess, first radio spin. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, see, man, like KXT does so, so much for local people, man. Right. And it, really and there's such a like I think it's their it was their 14th or 15th birthday yesterday, whatever. And I just oh yeah, like yeah I don't know. It's like I think I made a comment on the that post or whatever, and it's like I remember like listening to them like for the first time like 12 years ago or something. Yeah, and just being blown away by the variety and like I at that time I was definitely I, I was already in that mindset of like I have my iPod I'll just plug it in and listen to my thing yeah i don't need 99 point whatever you are kx blah 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 but when i heard this because i was in like a buddy's car you know no aux cable whatever and then they turned it on and and yeah i think i heard a local person um a bob dylan song a a like um some other local person but was a little bit bigger like like mid lake or someone like that that i was aware of and then freaking, uh, I think the song was Ball of Confusion by The Temptations. I was like, whoa. I but if like, you... What in the world? To their credit and to kind of my point, I guess, is like, that's what everyone's, I feel like, palette is nowadays. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Like when we were, or I don't know how old you are, but, you know, when we were in high school, it was in middle school and elementary school, I guess, it was... You know, you had the boy bands, and then you had, there was, like, a huge, I feel like, punk rock yeah. era. Yeah. And then it's, like, rap was a big thing, and hip-hop was a big thing. And country, I guess when you're in Texas, country is always just there. Got its part. But, you know, it's, like, <laughs> I feel like everybody kind of most normal, common, everyday people, they kind of cycle through these different genres oh, yeah. as they're driving down the road or... And I didn't like what you're saying. Well, and like we brought up multiple times, there's just so much going on right now yeah. that, you know, there, there's some things, it's always been funny. Uh, like when I play a song for someone that I know never listens to hip hop or, yeah. or, or they only listen to hip hop and I know they never listen to rock and I play them like, um, oh, I'm, uh, I have a real example actually. Uh, uh, that song, uh, Too Afraid to Love You, uh, or, or, or yeah, uh, yeah, by the Black Keys on Brothers. And it has that... Um, it has that, um, what's the thing that Handel played? Um, I haven't heard the song. Um, oh, my gosh. Otherwise, I would help you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That, that, that is the name of the song. But anyways, they're playing a specific type of uh, piano. Uh -huh. and, and, um, and as they're playing it, or as I'm playing it for my friend, he's like, oh, I know that instrument. He's like, this song's cool. Yeah. I really like that instrument particularly. Right. They use that a lot in hip hop. I like that song. And I was like, huh. I was like, what song have you have, have has used yeah. that? What song used that? And then he played me like a a gangstar song that played that used it. And I was like, oh yeah, that's de that's definitely the same instrument. And that's what made him a Black Keys fan, which is just he saw it as a hip hop instrument or a hip hop. Yeah. Uh, it might have even just been a sample, but he saw it as a backbone of hip hop music. And yep. then when he heard it used in rock, that was his branch into that world for the first time. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's crazy. Well, it's like we were saying, it's like people connect to different songs for God only knows how many reasons, yeah. you know, and an instrument yeah, as crazy as it may seem to some people that brings you in. Yeah. You know, and, and, and like, and that perception of like, Oh, they cross genres. Like, no, no, like an instrument. That, that's just the instrument that's <laughs> yeah. used. Like, right. I don't know. Yeah. But that's just, I don't know. That's where we are now. Where it's just, there's so much blending there, there, there are sub under sub genres. There are just you know it's and it's beautiful because now, now you can find. Now you can't just be like ignorant to how complex it is. You know yeah. you can't just be like no, right. only only this guy knows how to play the guitar and uh, whatever. It's like no, now most people have a feature every now and then. They they, they when you get their their record you and if you actually read it you'll see all the people involved. There's like if you 
ch- chased after the producers, you'll see like how multifaceted they are. And yeah. There's just so much. There's so there much. There really is. And I, I like my favorite records are all so diverse. Mm. I mean, it's the same artist. Sonically, it's the same, yeah. but they're the songs are just so, you know, one will, like, I'm trying to think of a, like one of my favorite records is, is, has a blues song on it, has a, like, rock and roll song on it, has a country song on it, you mm-hmm. know, it, like, that's always, I think, been our goal with our live set, because I, th- I feel like we're a live band, we're not a mm. studio band, like, mm. I feel like the live just carries a certain it's energy. It's just where we where we are comfortable and where we live. And I, we've always my goal, the the one thing that I've never like swayed from, was I've always like tried to build set lists to like take the listener on a ride in a way. And mm, yeah, not you know you don't, whether it's high energy or low energy, it's you know if if you play eighteen high energy songs all in a row, then it will end. It's not really doesn't seem high energy after the fourth song it's just kind of blends in yeah like yeah. if you kind of do this then i feel like people are more engaged and but yeah anyway well in a well no you're bringing up a good point though that is a, a dynamic of con live concerts is if you curate the the set list to be an experience and like uh i don't know especially those people that go all out i mean the, the big people that have crazy budgets for displays and backgrounds oh, yeah. and stuff I mean, that's e- becoming a really big thing. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, even at the lower level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, because now it's I, I, tech's always getting cheaper, you know, and, and there's always a student out there. <laughs> there's always a college student willing to, like, yeah, I'll try. Yeah. So there's like, because, yeah, because I mean, like, I have visuals for the show that, like, I have a buddy that that's just, he, that's what he went to school for is a really? certain um, um, animation design. So I have like a poster or it's like on those decals with the, the sound wave like design yeah. and he animated it for me. And I was like, that's crazy, man. And it's like, that's, that's really cool. That's amazing. And it's like, if yeah. I'm ever like performing, I'm going to throw that on the back. That's like immediate. Yeah. You know, and, and there's even people bringing back like old school ways of doing, you know, like visuals, like the, the, the water drop, um, like oil and uh, paint um, over yeah, like yeah. A, the overhead screen, you know, onto right. the background and, um, but yeah, it's awesome to see. Oh, and some of the smaller venues are also uh, more equipped. Yeah, yeah. Or, or incorporating like LED screens in the background because like, hey, just drop it in. Do you have a visual? Just put it back there. Yep. And that's amazing because it's like, I don't know, back in the day, it's like, hey, we bought a banner. Throw the banner up. Yeah, know? right. I know we've we've played a few of those shows that have those screens. And mm. I mean, you know, it's like we play the show and after the show, it's like, we gain so many more followers on, mm. you know, social media or whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, that makes sense because without that screen, people can be like, oh, this, this band's great or this band sucks or whatever, but I don't know who they are, you know? I yeah. Mean, even though there's a merch table over here with eight different T-shirts that all have our logo on it or, you yeah. know, say yeah. our name. I mean, I... Where you're up there sweating, you're like, and we're... Justin Tipton, yeah, and the Troublemakers. Thank I mean, you. I say that at least twice a show. I yeah. try to remember to at least, and you know, it's especially bar bar gigs, no, or, yeah. or when you're opening for somebody. Yeah, you know, we we may say our name at the beginning of the show and not the end, but there weren't that many people at the beginning because it were the yeah, yeah we're the opener, you know. Yeah, but well, um, you gotta plug it. You gotta, oh yeah, you gotta do it. And like I said before, you have great merch, so you just got to keep Thanks, man. chucking it, man. We, uh, man, I think I worked like three months, to I mean, just right. to get the merch <laughs> just right. It's like, I don't like that logo. Do that logo. But uh, <laughs> again, another thing I don't want to ever do, go through the process again. Somebody just make me look pretty. <laughs> just make the stuff look good. <laughs> I will not trash Warner Brothers on Joe Rogan if they promise to pick me up and, <laughs> and handle, handle all my, the my stuff merch. I've complained about. <laughs> Actually, I'll go on Joe Rogan and redeem Warner Brothers. Boom. If they uh there's the deal. If they listen to this, please, Warner Brothers. But um <laughs> setting the terms. Anyway. <laughs> I heard a crazy story about um Tom Petty. Oh yeah, and Warner Brothers. Um, 
because I don't know how familiar you are with Tom Petty and his uh, track record with his first label. Uh, I know how he got his first label. I don't really know. Well, much. he he signed a bad deal, as most 20-year-olds do. And, sure. Um, but hey, he was clever, though. He pitched himself. He pitted them all against each other. I remember that. Yeah, so after the second album, he was like, look, guys, I'm never going to be able to pay you back under this deal. Like, we need to work this out. And they're like, no, you signed the contract. Fulfill the contract. And he was like, okay, well, then... Um, he asked, I can't remember who he asked, like, what can I do? And they're like, well, the only thing you can do is file personal bankruptcy. He goes, done. <laughs> he filed bankruptcy. And they ended up giving him his own division within the label, long story short. But he just, like, never backed down. <laughs> no pun intended. Never backed down from the label. Wow. But then he eventually went to Warner Brothers, and the first album he did under Warner Brothers was Wildflowers. Oh, wow. But he wrote this incredibly funny song called Girl on LSD, mm. and he pitched it to them as the single, and they are like, yeah, dude, no. <laughs> and he was like, all right, well, I'm not going to piss off my new label like I did the old one. <laughs> but um, I play it every now and then, you know, <laughs> and... Uh, Just in tribute. Every, every time I play it, people are like, who wrote that song? Where's that? Where can I find that song? <laughs> and I, I was like, I think they finally, like after he died, his family released a live version of it. Oh. And uh, it's a great song. You should check it out. But uh, is it on that? Because they just released that like massive deluxe edition of, of Wild Wildflowers. Flowers. I don't know if it's on that one. I think it is. I think it's either on that one or the. Uh, I don't want to forget. The American Treasure one. But. um. That's that's funny. <laughs> it's a great song. Like it, it basically goes through all these drugs and he also talks about non drug things, but <laughs> there are other <laughs> things besides drugs, but there are also drugs. Yeah. Oh yeah, there is. Girl is it on the wildflowers yeah. thing or Yeah, it's on the uh super deluxe edition. Yeah. Because there's the deluxe edition. Which at first I was super. like, Can y'all please quit releasing all these things? Like who knows if Tom really wanted those out? And then mm. I listened to like a few of those, and I was like, "This is great!" Like, yeah. Well, like these I, are his outtakes, <laughs> right? Like, like I, I so uh, disclaimer: I, my parents were preachers when I was growing up, so okay. I I didn't listen to secular music till I was like twelve. Uh, the oh, wow. only secular music I really heard was mainly like I mean like the, the pop stuff. Well, a lot of Motown, honestly, a lot of Motown. Love Motown and and Beatles, like. Early sixties, yeah. early sixties Beatles. The, the, uh, and the I want to hold, hold your, your hand. hand there. I feel yeah. fine. You know? Yeah, um, yeah. Like when they, because you know, like uh, I want to hold your hand when they say, uh, "I can't hide, I can't hide." Yeah. You know, my parents were at first like, "I can't tell if you're saying I get high." So like they were like, "We're iffy on that one." But no, that's <laughs> but, funny. But no, so like when I was thirteen, then my dad was like, "Here's the White Album." I was like. What the hell is this thing? Yeah, it's got everything on it. I don't even know what to describe this. You know, right. this part is oh, and it blew my mind. And then yeah. here we are. You know, starting with that album. But um, oh, why did I bring that up? What were we just talking about? I went too far. Uh, we were talking about Tom, the Wildflowers. Oh, oh, the super deluxe things. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I was of the same mind of being like, why do you need sixty tracks for a deluxe yeah, whatever for a, 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 an album that was you know twelve? to begin with or whatever uh now I, I still think some of them are a little intense to go that far but man i i a majority of the beatles ones i've been blown away by what you just said like that was a out rain i love that oh that single that single rain but it was never on an album no and then for the 60s for it to never be on an album yeah that was how you consume music like that that was crazy to me yeah you had to have the single you had to have the single yeah and that was like the beginning of their like psychedelic like shift, you know, yeah. their, their pivot. Which speaking of, like nowadays people don't like people will release like five singles mm -hmm. all like one year, year one they'll release five singles throughout the year. Yeah. And then year two E P they'll release like the full length. Like oh, the five oh. songs they re oh, release. As a group. Yeah. It's like well, you know, I was I talking. I don't know. Are records dead now? Like, 
I think there's just different market approaches now. Right. Like I was talking to uh, Michael Rossi from uh, Love Heist, mm. um, and he was saying how like one uh, tactic that they were really leaning into that paid off for them was were the singles, not just for like it's easier or like yeah. just just get it out. You don't have to build a whole idea; just build that one and get right. it out. It's playlists. Is that if someone finds that single, they'll add it to the, like the the chill cafe playlist, and then yeah. you're like, oh, you're that one guy from the playlist I listen to, and then what else do you have? And like, then that's again, the again, I don't understand that world. Like, <laughs> that's what it, I've been told. That's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> how do you get picked up on a playlist? I I don't know. Well, because I, I mean, I think the what it is is it's the. Um, I don't know, like not. I don't want this to sound bad. It's like those people that sift through the immediate tap, like the people that oh, yeah. are right there. That uh, you know, because you know, Friday is typically the music release day, right. and, and you know, uh, Friday at four a.m. they're up and they're on the new releases, and they're gonna check out at least the first thirty seconds, mid thirty seconds, and last thirty seconds of everyone on there, and they're gonna see what it's like, and then they're gonna be like, "Hmm, that's a good one. Let's yeah. throw it on the playlist." I know. It's. I, I've heard another strategy i guess is to release a cover because i don't oh, know yeah. how true this is but i think spotify pays for the royalty fees oh i don't know i haven't really looked into that but so like if you throw it out there just kind of yeah like if i record a, a tom petty song and, yeah. and put it out i don't have to pay the streaming royalties like spotify pays for that because they have a deal with warner brothers or whoever owns the label hmm. i don't know how true that is but Hmm. you know like if, if you but, go to search that song because you love if if person a loves tom petty and they go to search that song they may go through and listen to the different versions and yeah become a fan that way i don't know yeah hmm. but just, that's but what you just said i would imagine is also uh kind of the way you put it backwards is kind of the tactic that yeah. a musician would want to do is right i'm going to cover this grateful dead song because I'm a jazz artist, so you would never expect that. And then you put it out, and you're like, what? Yeah. You know, well, maybe if they did, like, Terrapin Station or something. But they'd be like, oh, that's interesting. What's his take on Terrapin Station? And yeah. then they, you know, go deep in it. Because, like, ooh, now I have a jazz version of it. Or now I have a punk version of it. Or, like, whatever your little God, twist on it. I love the Grateful Dead. Oh, yeah? You a I, deadhead? Or you... I, I'm not as intense as most people. <laughs> I, 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 always I, love... Let me say, I'll, I'm not as intense as a deadhead. But I'm a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a dead fan. Oh, yeah. Like, I get you. I just always love it when people want to explain that. Because yeah. there are those people that are like, you know, 78 in Cornell was like the right. best out. You know, oh, like, man. Oh, what the hell are you talking about? The you... guy that played keys on my first album, the keyboard player for the band mm. Heathens, like, could literally tell you about every single show they played. He's just a walking archive. Yeah. It's so impressive. And it's... It's impressive. It's also like, man, you're you're making me uncomfortable. Like you're so intense. <laughs> you're so intense about this. But um, hey, man, and nerds are just people that are, yeah are, are, just know just a lot want. about one topic. Yeah, well, yeah, but they they're passionate people. Yeah, <laughs> they really are. They must admit something. They really but are. That's, that's yeah. That's all a nerd is. But. But that's always just impressed the hell out of me, especially when there's when you're talking about the live albums. You're like, you you can tell the difference between live albums. Like if I played this version and this version, and one's from the eighties and one's from the seventies, right. like whatever, I'm like, oh yeah, easily. I'm like, whoa. And speaking speaking of dead the dead and radio, they only had one radio hit. Is that trucking? Trucking. Wow. That was it. That's crazy. But all across the country, people were quitting their jobs to go follow them around. It's like <laughs> How do you define success? Catch the white, right wave, brother. I mean, there was a <laughs> there was a band that played. I think it was a band played at the American Airlines Center tonight or last night. Hmm. I had never even heard of them. Mm. Tame and Paula. Have you ever heard of them? Oh hell yeah, man! I've never, You've never heard, heard of, of them. Tame and Paula. No, I've never out heard of Australia. Them. Dude, mm. Kevin Parker. Man, you should invest some time. in I'm that going guy. to because they're selling out arenas. But oh hell yeah! It's like. It's just crazy how big the music world oh, yeah. is, you know? Like, Well, he's a monster. Is he? I'm about to do the thing that everyone makes fun of fans of theirs for doing, but, like, he made the first... I know the first album is, like, all him. Like, it's just him, and he does every part and worked it out. I think most of Lonerism is just him, but, like, he's just... 
he's awesome, man. Really? Like, like if you what like kind of music is it? it? This is how I explain it to, like, I don't know. This is how I would put it. He's like what the Beatles would be, okay. if for somehow they pulled a Captain America and like got frozen, you know, in the middle of the White Album and like woke up in the in the two thousands and they're like, mm-hmm. all right, just keep doing what you're doing. Like, okay, that's like Kevin Parker's sound. Or like that's tame and pot. Now it's 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 definitely evolved. His first album, it's yeah. that to a T. Like to me, his first and second album Beatles esque are, are like Beatles. Yeah, it's like psychedelic rock, but it's like high quality, high fidelity. I've never heard of this guy. I don't know either, man. I'm kind of blown away. That's. <laughs> but he's he's awesome, man. I mean, um, yeah, man. I don't know. That's crazy. Like mind mischief. Since you gave me a t- petty song, I didn't know. Uh, like mind mischief or the less I know, the better. Less Those I two know. songs. I think they're just like one's rockier, one's yeah. a little funkier, groovier. They'll just get stuck in your head, man. Really? Yeah. It's he's so damn good. Like interesting. He's one of the, they're definitely one of those people that like I, I've seen them before and that's why I didn't go because yeah. All these concerts, you know, busting through the woodwork now. I'm just like trying to like budget. <laughs> right. Man, concert tickets. <laughs> Woo. And just the variety. I mean, just Dallas always has something popping, man. And so it's just I I think Dallas is so underrated. Oh, as, as like a, a music, music town. Show? Oh, fuck yeah. I mean I mean, everyone I, always gives credit to Austin and like musicians yeah. are flocking or fleeing away from Austin because it's too expensive. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. It's, it's when there's so much freaking history here. I mean, like that the city runs from mm. that they, they don't. Oh, you're talking about like Deep Elm and stuff where they're just yeah, like letting stuff. There get should be a blind over. boy. Yeah. No, there should be like historic. Sta- oh, yeah. There should be. And, yeah. I mean that's one thing. Um, I want to do it with different like like artists. Um, I, I have a series about it. Do you? Uh, well, you you know Stephen Kettner. <laughs> uh, Kettner. I love Kettner. <laughs> I love Kettner. Yeah, he's awesome. Man, uh, I got a Kettner story. A recent Kettner okay. story. Whenever you're done. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, like like he's like I've talked to him about it. Like I want to do it with multiple musicians and just do like. Like, yeah, it's like important part, parts and moments in history that happened down here that people might not realize and just start, I don't know, doing a little showcase about it, like a short little video, sh- short podcast. Who gives a shit? Do but a like documentary. Doing, I yeah. Think, I think there's enough. Oh, yeah. Content. I mean, I so um, I saw an article a few years ago where a um, this guy that goes and buys a bunch of um, like rental properties. Hmm. He accidentally bought Ray Charles's old home in South Dallas for eleven thousand dollars. What the hell? When? when and was I that? wrote him. A, I'm not even kidding. I wrote him a letter and I was like, "I will give you twice what you paid for it. You can <laughs> literally turn a fifty percent profit." Wait. So when did he? When was that? This is uh, like four or five years ago, I think. Wow. But apparently the house is in terrible shape. Like, mm. doesn't even have a floor in it. Mm. And um. But yeah, man, it's like most people don't realize that he lived here. I yeah. mean, it wasn't long, but yeah, because he made his country albums here, right? I think so. Yeah, but I mean, but yeah, and just the people who have come through here, like yeah, and, and just the methods of like travel that got them here. I mean, I'm like, I don't know if you you've heard that episode I did with Kettner, but like we go on a tear of like just the. the I can only imagine. <laughs> I've got to watch this episode <laughs> after this. Because, like, uh, it, it goes all over the place. But right yeah, I bet it does. <laughs> <laughs> but but when in form of Dallas history, rightfully so, because there's just there's just so much. I mean, yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, th- this is this is a premier yeah. city of music, absolutely. And just in modern terms of the options you have, the the talent, not not just local talent, but the people who are coming through here because they, they know. Um, and that they know that the show, people are going to show up, that Texas will show up here, you know, and, and – yeah, I don't know. It's awesome. I mean, and even uh, up to Fort Worth, I don't want to exclude all of DFW, but like, right. still, like, I don't know. It's beautiful. And like, if you're music obsessed, like, there's always something to do, man. There really is. Like, on so many different levels, too. Like, yeah. There's great, like, solo acoustic coffee shops here. Oh, yeah. Like, there's. That- 
There's multiple. There's that multiple acoustics about. Yeah. There's great open mics. There's jam sessions like from here to Frisco, like every day of the week. Yeah, and it's like especially you, pre-COVID. I mean, it was. Oh yeah. There, there would literally be like a, a dilemma on a Thursday night if we didn't have anything to do, or even after a gig, we would be like, "Which jam are we going to?" Mm, and yeah. We'd talk about it and argue about it for thirty minutes before we <laughs> went somewhere. But um, yeah. So Kettner recently. So Kettner played guitar for me for a couple years and um uh recently for those who don't know kettner went to the sound engineering side of things and is not performing right now Uh, he says he's coming back and i hope he does but yeah um i recently switched to in-ear monitors Mm. and could not because in-ear monitors you need a different mix and so i was trying to figure out my mix well, Kentner's currently in Houston. Right. And so I called him. I was like, man, I don't know how to dial in my ears. Like, I, I just can't get it right. Mm. He gave me down to the spec, like, like the the actual numbers. Like, you need to be a hertz. This like hurts yeah. for this, this. And I was like, okay. So uh, next gig, I just showed the text message to <laughs> the tech, the, yeah. the sound engineer. And it was perfect. Like nice. so now every show I go to, I'm like, hey, can you put a high pass filter at around negative 150 hertz? And they're like, Yeah. And I'm like, thank you. Yep. Ready to go. Like that's Kettner, man. That is I mean, so Kettner. Yeah. I mean, because he yeah, because he was he like was precise. For this summer, right before he moved to the Houston, mm-hmm. like he's been kind of like my production like mentor or whatever. Yeah. And we would get together like once a week or so and talk about stuff to go over just different lessons. Sometimes just doing music theory stuff, but cause you know, I'm a musician too. So it's like, yeah. let's just shed, let's just do something. And, uh, uh, yeah, there'd be so many things that he would just rattle off. He's like, well, did you ever, why don't you add an, uh, you know, an audio gate? And I'm like, I, yeah, why, why haven't I added yeah, that? Just right. like stupid stuff. I'm like, oh man. But yeah, what you just said to a T though, and like put that to this or put your DS or to, to yeah. this frequency. I'm like, damn. All right, that was it, man. That's Kettner. When he when he played guitar for me, he'd be like, "Well, the song really is in this scale," and I'm like, "Kettner, don't tell me that. Like, I don't want to know the rules. Like, I don't know theory like you do. <laughs> I don't want to know the rules. I know a little theory enough to like build chord structures and stuff, and that's all I want to know because I don't want to be boxed in when I'm." writing because i think like will, a billion things yeah, like while like, you're trying to make a one bar <laughs> right i, I, like, I want to play a augmented something sharp something seven something yeah, yeah to blah the, blah blah to the you perfect know? whatever yeah <laughs> and, and I, if it works it works i don't care if it fits into your theory and he's like okay well i'll just play it how you know how i've been playing it i was like okay thank you but no nah, <laughs> I, I love kenner man he uh he just like yeah, he just like respects like what it is yeah. so much that he just wants to be like super clear and like you know yeah. there's other options but when, hey that's a that's a good that's a good sounding board man because right. when you want when you want because I'm a person that I don't mind a hard check I don't mind a, like is this yeah. right because right. I don't mind being told that like that's wrong or like there's more outside yeah, of what I know either. because yeah. I love being the dumbest in the room right and so yeah he's a great character to be around if you're like when, that. Uh, <laughs> When me and my girlfriend first started dating, uh, back then I would go, th- you know, date somebody for a couple of weeks and then be like, hey, I'm bored. Mm. Go date someone else for a couple of weeks. Just that period of my life. And then uh, when me and my girlfriend first started dating uh, two years ago, uh, we were setting up to play. I think we were playing at Sons of Herman Hall. Mm. And, you know, we had to be there several hours early. And so we set up and then we were walking to eat. And, Kettner, like, I'd never seen the side of Kettner before that or since then. He was like, look, Justin, we really like who you're dating. We really like Lauren. I don't want you to just bring her into our lives and then throw her away like you do with the rest. And I was like, um, okay. I feel like you're like her dad right now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you will respect this woman. <laughs> anyway, I was like, wow, Kettner. But anyway, he'll I cut through. <laughs> I love that guy. He's my favorite. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out to Shout the out. Houston homie. Yeah. 
I love that man. Well, brother, I know you said you have a couple of shows. You have shows coming in January and February. Where can people find you? Everywhere. Um, What's your website? JustinTiptonMusic.com. And I built that website myself. Um, and check out the merch designed by him. <laughs> I did not do the designs. Or, I, or, or uh, the, approved. So, you know what's funny <laughs> about merch? Real fast. We have spent a considerable amount of money on these designs. Mm. But there's one shirt on there that I did design myself mm -hmm. in Photoshop. And all I did was type out Trouble Maker, because that's the name of our band, Trouble Maker, and like a jersey font. That's the number one selling shirt. Yeah. It literally took me 20 seconds to design. Because nice. they feel like they're a part of the crew. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> nice. Never hey, spending this much money on designs ever again. <laughs> if it works, it works. It works, it works. But um, yeah, we're, we're on. All right. Well, so as a band, we're not on Spotify or anything yet. Um, that'll probably happen next year. But mm. the solo albums on Spotify, iTunes, or Apple Music, or whatever they're called these days. Cool. So when you when you release the album, it'll be under Justin Tipton and the Troublemakers. Yep. Awesome. It'll be a full band. Cool. Full band thing. Looking yeah. forward to it, man. Yeah, me too. We've been sitting <laughs> on it since January. Oh, wow. Half of it. We, we did the first session in January, the second session in the summer. So, mm. yeah, we've been sitting on it a while. But um, hopefully we have the same band by the time it comes out. <laughs> but, well, that's awesome. Looking yeah, forward man. to it. And, uh, yeah, go check out Tam and Paula. I will definitely check out Tim and Paul. <laughs> and thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank yeah. you for coming, brother. Yeah, Until next time. All right. Thank you for listening. For more episodes, visit our website, musicmythpodcast.com, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Goodbye. <laughs>